We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call our Friday edition the tailgate. And I don't know if we've had as busy of an episode as we have for you today. You'll hear from the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, to preview OU Texas this weekend. Jessica Cootie will swing by to talk a little bit about what she thinks needs to happen to get Sooner Hoops back on track. Uh, A lot of baseball talk because the baseball team, if Mother Nature cooperates, is slated to open its season today in Myrtle Beach. You'll hear from Skip Johnson and Brendan Flynn. And we're going to kick off the podcast here in mere moments with Kyler Murray, who is doing the old two-step. A little baseball, a little football. We'll talk to Kyler about balancing time, The uh, those who are concerned about a potential starting quarterback also playing baseball, and his excitement for playing with Skip Johnson. All that's coming up. But I'm on the road with the Sooner softball team. We are getting set for four games in two days. Again, though, much like we said with baseball, it's – It's kind of up to Mother Nature. We just arrived here in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Actually, the team flies into El Paso, and then we bus, I don't know, about 30 minutes or so uh, through beautiful scenic mountains to get here to Las Cruces, New Mexico. And the Sooners are slated to play later today, 12-15 first pitch. We are due to be on the air at high noon for OU and Ball State. Then the Sooners will take on New Mexico State later that afternoon at 2.30. New Mexico State, by the way, winning two of three from Kentucky, actually received votes in both polls. So this could end up being a nice little RPI game for the Sooners. And then tomorrow, 
2.30, pregame show against Boston U, and then we'll wrap things up in primetime tomorrow night against New Mexico State. But much like what's going on with baseball out in Myrtle Beach, there is a 100% chance of rain here in Las Cruces tomorrow. Uh, here's the good news for softball fans is we landed to a 100% chance of rain, and it's it's only been a light mist. It's definitely something you can play through. But, again, we'll talk a lot of softball coming up later on in the podcast, but we're getting ready for a huge weekend series for Sooner Softball. By the way, if you haven't found us yet, you can find OU Softball in the Oklahoma City area on AM 1560 and on the iHeart Radio app, search Franchise 2. That's Franchise 2 on the iHeart and TuneIn Radio app. All right, well, let's get after it. Uh, we'll talk more about softball on the back end, but let's start talking some baseball and some football. I went over as the baseball team was getting set to head out of town and caught up with potential Sooner starting quarterback and potential Sooner starting center fielder, Kyler Murray. From the 30-yard line, Murray's got it. He'll keep it. Runs right side. Big hole. 35-40. Watch out. 45-50. Are they going to get him? 35-30. 25-20. One man to beat. 10-5. And he's down inside the five-yard line. What a start. Well, first of all, take us through how the balance has been for you. Uh, full-time baseball guy now, still with an eye on football. What's this experience been like? How, how are you handling it? Oh, it's been good. Uh, you know, coach with new coach Skip uh, and Coach Riley working together uh, put a good plan for me together, and you know it's been it's been good so far with balancing baseball and football, being with baseball full time, just working out with the football team occasionally uh, when I have to. So for me, it's been good. When do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't get very much sleep, honestly. <laughs> do you not need much? Is it like a John Gruden thing with you? Uh, my, my mom calls me a night owl, so for me. Uh, I mean, I, I usually run off about six hours to eight. So, <laughs> no, I, I really don't get much sleep. Let's focus on baseball here real quick. Um, the adjustment to center field. Yeah. Is it really that much of an adjustment for you having played out there in the past? Uh, with, with last year being a little rough just because it was my first year out there, uh, especially being on the left, I think, you know, it's been a little easier for me just moving from left to center. Getting, I think for me, left was a, a harder position just because of the angles and, you know, the wind out here in Oklahoma uh, and with the way the ball comes off the bat. But for me, I think center has been pretty pretty smooth uh, transition. Where have you seen the biggest improvement for you now that you've been able to spend more time over here at Mitchell Park from the Kyler Murray that was on this team last year to the guy that's here this year? Uh, just just coming in here with, you know, being more comfortable, uh, knowing what to expect. You know, I hadn't played in a year when I transferred from A&M, so... Uh, for me, just being more comfortable, uh, you know, the coaches being behind me, um, you know, doing whatever they can to get me better uh, and just, you know, buying in the system. What's your biggest time management challenge right now between the two sports and then, oh, gosh, academics too? Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> time management, uh, you know, just, just finding time, obviously, to do schoolwork, which is obviously the roughest part about this, honestly. Uh, football and baseball, like I said, they've done such a great job of, you know, making it easy on me that it's not really hard. So for me, like, school is definitely the, the roughest part, you know, out of all this. I know you, you do a good job of drowning out the noise, but some people panic because they fear their starting quarterback is playing baseball. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would you say to those that have concerns about that? Uh, one, I'm not the starting quarterback yet. <laughs> and two, uh, I mean, uh, that's they're, they're going to do whatever they want to do. Uh, for me, honestly, is right now is baseball season. For me, it's just to focus on this season and then um, – 
when football comes, it comes, and I'll be ready for that. How the obviously you got a new strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. So how, how has that worked out for you so far? How's Benny doing? Coach Wally's uh great, great. Uh, you know everything he does is calculated. You know all, all everything we do in the weight room, uh, he has a reason for it. Uh, and I think you know I think he's you know a step in the right direction to going to the national championship. Baseball guys are fired up to have you here. What's kind of the mindset in the uh, football locker room when you got to bolt over to baseball? Everyone pretty understanding and good with it. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, baseball is such a different game. Uh, for me, baseball-wise, uh, just taking it one day at a time, just like football. Uh, you know, it's it's such a hard game to play. You can't really, you know, look ahead. So for me, like I said, just taking it one day at a time. I think for this team, too, taking it one day at a time, knowing we got the potential to be good. But, uh, you know, like I said, it takes work. Having a year on the football side of things to sit and learn from Baker and to study what Lincoln Riley expects, how much has that helped you grow? It's helped me a lot, uh, you know, taking the – the redshirt year off, and then this past year, uh, you know, I think obviously I was intending on pl- being able to play last year. So for me, uh, having to sit another year, uh, definitely just you know, kind of ramped up that, you know, I guess that learning curve a little more for me to just you know always have to be ready because you know being the backup, you know, you're you're one play away basically at all times. So it's been good for me to learn behind Bake. Was Lincoln Rally the coach different than Lincoln Rally the offensive coordinator for you at all? Oh no, no, no. Link Link's good. He's good with both of it. Uh, you know, just sometimes he's a little later to meetings, but other than that, no, we were uh no, he's good. He's good. Well then you see Skip Johnson who went from being the pitching coach to being the head coach. Yeah. What have you seen difference in Skip so far? Uh, uh not a, I would say a lot. Yeah, I would say a lot. <laughs> uh just, you know, he he's got a lot of command over his team and uh, you know, obviously with him being the coach now, his say so is you know, it's more um and he knows that, and I, th- I think he's done a great job with that. Just you know, trying to you know make this team as close as possible because you know a lot of the off the field, a lot of the off the field antics are you know what what great teams have. So uh, you know we just gotta you know keep listening to them, keep working hard. Hey, I, I, just two more quick ones, and I'll let you go. Has it always been something where you wanted to be a two sport athlete, or did it just kind of arise over you know the last couple of years having that opportunity? You're a great high school baseball player, could have gone straight to the big leagues, uh, solid college quarterback, got an opportunity to be great. But have you always wanted to be a two-sport guy? Uh, I've been playing sports my whole life. Um, you know, if I had to say so, I'd be playing basketball right now. But, uh, <laughs> nah, yeah, I think, you know, just having options and then, you know, being, being blessed to, you know, have this opportunity to be able to play baseball and football at a high level, you know, at the University of Oklahoma. Uh, you know, I don't take it for granted. So I, it's definitely something I've dreamed of, yeah. Do you have that Trey Young range then? Uh like right across half court, just pop one. I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, I mean, I was more of a defender and a playmaker, but you know, he's got the scoring trait. So, hey, I'll let you go on this. We talked about the coaches' support. Lincoln, Skip have a great plan for you, but family support has to mean a lot to you. Friend support. How how much has that helped you get through what I know is challenging time for you, time management wise? Oh, uh, I mean, there's they're used to it, you know. Like I said, I've been playing them both my whole life. Uh, you know, they're used to it. It's kind of, I mean, it'd, it'd be weird if I was just playing one. It'd be like I'd, I've had so much free time that I've never <laughs> really had. So, um, they, them just being behind me obviously is definitely, uh, you know, helps me out a lot. What an incredible athlete, and what a great disposition this young man has. He has the potential to be uh, one of the best playing two sports that we've seen in a long time here at the University of Oklahoma. We'll get back to baseball coming up here in just a bit. Uh, Our buddy Chad McKee is going to check in with Sports Information Director Brennan Flynn, and Toby Rowland is going to sit down with Skip Johnson. But I wanted to grab T-Row before he went in-depth on baseball to talk a little bit of hoops. So if you're following the trajectory of the show so far, we went softball in the open, 
We went a little baseball and football with Kyler Murray. Now we're going to jump to the hardwood. And Toby Rowland, voice of the Sooners, you hear him typically on Tuesday's game plan. He joins us here for the tailgate on this Friday. And uh, as I mentioned, you hear Toby's interview with Skip Johnson from his radio show. But, uh, Toby, I, I'm curious. I saw Joe Lenardi's most recent projection in the uh, in ESPN.com's Bracketology. Do you start looking at Bracketology now? Is it something that you're keeping an eye on with the Sooners at a five? In baseball, not as much because <laughs> the season hasn't started yet. But I still look at every one of them. <laughs> All right. You're talking about men's basketball. I'm though. talking about Joe Lenardi's latest that just dropped, I guess, today. Oh, get it? Okay. I, 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 haven't, I haven't looked it up yet. Uh, I'm glued to them. I can't get enough of Me them. Me neither. I, uh, I, I, DJ knows I obnoxiously love bracketology. Uh, what's what's he got for us today? Five, uh, six? Yeah, well, it's it says it was updated today. But it's the same as it was before. He's got him as a five going to Boise. Isn't that where they were before? Yeah, I, there, there's, yeah maybe. Okay. There's a couple of them out there. I can't, this looks like a different opponent, though. I think the latest one had him in San Diego, maybe. But <laughs> I love how updated you are on it. Wait a minute. We got Loyola Chicago now. All is right, right with the world. But I was, I was, I'm like you, okay? And I was up. Last night was one of those no-sleep nights where you so much is running through your head and you're reading everything and you're watching everything. And I'm trying to figure out things like, is Auburn good? Is Kentucky bad? I'm watching Xavier, and I'm like, that's a one seed. You know, all these things that are going through your mind. And then this dropped, and I thought, it, I know it sounds like Captain Obvious, but Toby, if they shoot the ball well, this is a team that could end up playing into the third week of the tournament. Now, and I know that's a big if, but I look at this and I think, well, they could beat Loyola Chicago, though everyone loves the 5-12 upset. There would be two Big 12 teams in 5-12 games based on this bracket. Your second-round opponent would be Ohio State, who I watched and thought, meh. And then you're worried about a 1-8 or 9, which would be Xavier, Arizona State, or Florida State, which, again, are all teams I think they can beat. So I, I, I'm not getting carried away on – Okay, I'm getting carried away on Joe Lenardi bracketology here, but outside of maybe seeing a really good defensive team like Virginia in their bracket or someone with size like Purdue, we feel pretty good about anywhere they end up, right? Yeah, I think the teams that really want to slow it down and grind it out are a bad matchup for them. So that's Virginia. Yep. Um, but, I mean, your premise there is correct. This is the Teddy Lehman premise. Okay. Their last three games, they've made three, six, and six three-pointers. Um, I think people forget maybe, or I forget, how prolific they were early in the year. I'm looking back now. They hit 15 against Ball State. They hit 15 against USC, 13 against Wichita State, 17 against Northwestern, 15 against OSU, 19 against TCU. Uh, this team early in the year was prolific not just good prolific from three-point range and if they can somehow shake this off and get back to the point where they're hitting double-digit three-pointers in a game again they can play with anybody but as long as they're in this three for 22 six for 27 phase they're in trouble i mean they they rely so much on the three that it is I not live by it, die by it. They're a little better than that, but they kind of live by it, die by it. So hopefully they could shake it off, get hot at the right time, and that would be the NCAA tournament. And then, yes, they could make a run in this thing. So 
with that said, you're sitting courtside. Lon Kruger sits down before the pregame show and says, Toby, I know you were a scholarship basketball player back in the day. I've seen you beat Teddy Lehman one-on-one, dominate, who was it, Duckman or, or whomever. Uh, Duck fan, yeah. yeah. Um, what needs to happen for this team to turn the corner? What do you think, okay. Toby? What would you say? I will give you the Kevin Henry theory. Okay. Because we talked yesterday, and I, I think I agree with him. Late games, last five minutes, I would uh, run structured plays every time down the court uh, because they have been in close games with two, three, four, five minutes to go repeatedly here and had, you know, like the other night, three straight possessions where they turned it over. Or Trey gets a little ahead of himself and he'll drive too deep and throw it away and then there's a run out going the other way. And I think he is he is right now not reacting well in late game situations, not making good decisions. He was earlier in the year. For whatever reason right now, he's not. So I think I would take the pressure off of him a little bit and run some sets. Um, not do just spread out and let him kind of go to work, which has kind of been their tendency. That's... That's the Kevin Henry theory of maybe a, something you could tweak late in close games to help him out a little bit and get him back on track. OU, Texas, big one tomorrow for the Sooners. That tip time is set for 11 a.m. T-Row will be on the air with Kevin Henry at 10.30. Now, Jessica Cootie joins us from Sooner Sports TV. Jess uh, obviously has had a keen eye on this basketball team. So, Jess, let's go in depth. Uh, kind of your thoughts after a tough loss for the Sooners last week against Iowa State. What do they need to do to bounce back? What has to happen to get these Sooners right? Well, you know what is funny is I Billy Tubbs was in the studio yesterday up at Sooner Vision, and he was doing a – you know, I think for a banquet that he couldn't attend. And so we uh, ended up doing a quick interview with him. And, and I kind of asked him a couple of those things. And, um, you know, uh, one of the, the things that he talked about was this Big 12 conference and, um, you know, how hard it is to, again, like we've talked about several times, is, is this round-robin format where you got to play everybody twice. And so, you know, you go on the road. Every game is is as easily losable as it is winnable. And and it doesn't matter which team you're playing. Even at the bottom, it's the same thing. So, you know, he talked a lot about how it's so challenging, and it's about as challenging as it's ever been. And he talked about how, you know, when you get to the NCAA tournament, it's going to be – it won't be as difficult on Trey Young because really these teams are all seeing him for the second time now. They're watching him night in and night out play – um, you know, the film that they've got on him. And, and it's really difficult if you've not playing, played him before and seen him, um, you know, fit, try to match up against him before. It bodes well for the Sooners, obviously. So he, he you know, talked about how it's going to be easier for this team, you know, once they get out of playing these this tough Big 12 conference and teams that they're having to face multiple times and, and that have seen them and, and maybe figured out each other out a little bit. It's just a a dog fight and and it's um it's tough and and i thought that was very interesting how he said you think you you think about it and and you know that it's hard but it is it's it, every game is just as easily losable as it's winnable and he's talked he's talked a lot about kind of what i've talked about is they really just need that one big win to get over that hump and and then they'll figure out you know the things that they need to do down the stretch to pull it out but um I, i'm still not worried at all um you know that's 
Um, they're still going to, um, you know, they've, they've got the talent around them. Trey Young's going to figure it out. I have no doubt in my mind. I, I, I know a lot of people are a little bit worried, maybe starting to push the panic button a little bit, but I'm, I'm still not. I still have a lot of faith in this team that they're going to they're gonna figure things out and it's going to click for them. And then, you know, you, you want to be peaking at the end of the season, not right now, you know, and, and we're getting towards the end, yes, but, um, you know, here's, here's the time now where they can really start peaking and, and playing their best basketball, and that's what you want going into the tournament. That's what Coach Tubbs talked about is, you know, if you can get on a roll in the Big 12 tournament, Man, um, that that's what's key is kind of getting that momentum going into the NCAA tournament. So I think they'll be fine. You know, yeah, it's it's a little bit worrisome that you know they've lost um, you know seven out of their last nine. But again, this is tough competition. They've been right there in most of these games. Um, they've just got to figure out how to get that big win, and I, I think it'll be uh, all downhill from there. It's a big one, uh, and, and then you turn around, 11 a.m tomorrow texas and oklahoma and then the what's the old saying the no rest for the weary eight o'clock on monday night as they take on kansas uh big monday so two big games for the sooners uh i don't know i, I guess you could get caught up in the must win conversation for the game against kansas uh, for the game against texas want to play well in the game against kansas coming up on monday sooners have struggled a bit on the road. So that gives our men's hoops team the coverage it deserves. Women's basketball, they've got a really big one on Saturday. Don't sleep on this. Two o'clock with the tip as Oklahoma takes on West Virginia. And you're looking at a situation for the Sooners to where they've already knocked off West Virginia once, but they're right there on that bubble. So you're talking about a potential right side of the bubble win if you go on the road and beat West Virginia. That'll be tomorrow at 2 p.m. So 2 p.m. as Oklahoma takes on West Virginia. All right, let's get back to the diamond, shall we? We mentioned we wanted to bring you Toby's conversation with Skip Johnson, T-Row, the coach, Good combination. And Skip's ready to go for the Sooner opener coming up later on this morning as Oklahoma will open its 2018 season versus Indiana in game one of the Baseball at the Beach. It's coming up here in just a bit. Here's Toby and Skip. Now, this has been a long time coming for you. You've been one of the most highly thought of pitching coaches, assistant coaches in the nation now for a long time. And I know you've been a head coach before, but, you know, this is – this is the Big 12. This is OU. What's your emotions like getting ready for tomorrow? I don't, you know, I don't really don't think it's much different for me. When I was at uh, Texas, I was really the head coach of the uh, pitching staff, so to speak, and and uh, got to control that. Made some decisions. Uh, made some decisions on lineups. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't feel any different. I can tell you that. <laughs> Maybe a year How- over. Uh, how will you go if, if, you know, if anything, I assume there'll be something, how will you go about things differently than perhaps Augie or Pete? How, how about go about what now? How will you go about things differently? Is there, is there anything differently about the way, uh, you will coach a game, fill out a lineup, anything different that, that will be a part of your, uh, regimen as opposed to how Augie did it or how Pete did it? Well, you know, uh, I think I'm going to fill a lineup more, you know, with how Coach Carino did it was uh, he would ask our opinion a little bit, um, and then he would have his feel for the game. And uh, uh, Pete did it his way. Uh, my my, I think making my lineup out 
I'm being a little bit different in the sense of uh, uh, I'll talk to Van Hook, I'll talk to Overcash, I'll talk to Mistich. We'll go through the guys that are uh, most confident, you know, uh, more of a, 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 co- a cooperative process, so to speak. Um, guys that guys that we're confident in, what we think they can do, the matchups. Uh, going into the first series is different than might be different than going into the tenth game. You know, after you get some games under your belt, I don't think it's going to be any different for us going into the first game right now because of inter squad. It's not going to change our mind. I mean, it's been pretty much cut and dry on our lineup. You know, so to speak, sort sort of our lineup in some mixed. You know, uh, you know, you're looking at. Uh, Lindsey, uh, Mitchell, and those see who has the most confidence behind the plate there. And then three guys can play first or third base with Riley, Cavalli, and, and uh, um, Hardman. And then they're able to one shortstop, and that's Zaragoza. Mendenhall is going to play second, and one of those three guys will play third. Then you go to the outfield, you've got uh, uh, Still Walker. You know, Murray and Harris, you mix in Jacob Walker and uh, Brewster, and, no, and those and those guys, depending on right or left, you can move up Dom to the outfield. He's placed in there in the, in the fall and then they're in there in the spring. So now mixing those one through nine is got all going to deal with confidence. I can tell you that uh, still Walker's going to hit three ho, and I can tell you that. Uh, Probably Briley Ware is going to hit behind Steel Walker, so it's uh, you know those guys are experienced. But I don't know as far as going me being any different than Pete or me being any different than Augie. I don't I don't think there's going to be a. Uh, I guess I'm going to do it my way as uh, uh, not really my way, our way, so to speak. More more getting their the coaches in their, their view on what kind of offense we're going to try to run that day and the matchups with the pitcher we're facing let's uh let's talk pitchers uh, how are you going to roll them out this weekend i assume jake irvin tomorrow jake irvin tomorrow nathan wiles on the first game on saturday perez second game on saturday and then uh kyle tyler the, the uh fourth game on sunday no kate cavalli no no kate cavalli right now with my he threw a bullpen yesterday uh, to a bullpen on, uh, uh, um, I think it was Monday, and so or not Monday, Tuesday. We had day off Monday, Tuesday, and so we're trying to ease him back in there. Or on Sunday, he had a bullpen on Sunday, he had a bullpen on uh, uh, yesterday, so we're trying to ease him back in there. He came up, you know, was a little bit sore, so we wanted to back him back off and uh, uh, um, kind of start him over again. Um, I want to give you, you a chance you'll to brag. See him, I promise. Uh, well, I want to give you a chance to brag about him because I have a bunch. After talking to you guys and and um, you know and some of the guys uh, from practice in the fall and the spring, uh, but both in the field, at the plate, on the mound, um, talk about Cade Cavalli and, and what kind of a difference he can make for your team this year. Well, I think he's a difference maker in in the sense of number one. I mean, you look at his. Build six five to twenty five, but I think that 
I, I think it's I think that's overshadowed shadowed by his presence on the on the field. He has a he has a a, a presence on the field that a mature presence, and I think that's what's really stands out to me. You know, he he reminds me his presence on the field reminds me of a uh, 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 Casey Clemens. You know, as a freshman, I mean, this guy this guy has that presence. He has that he has that that feel for. Uh, being that, in that moment. Now, juggling, playing, uh, playing a position and pitching, you know, just no different than him getting sore uh, two weeks ago after his his, uh, of his uh, four-inning outing, you know. Uh, and we limit his throwing in, in, in practice and in, and in, uh, um, in inner squads and stuff. But it was one of those deals where you gotta you got to really pay close attention to it. If you don't, then uh, it's it could it could bite us in the, in the butt a little, so to speak. But his presence and his uh, ability is is off the chart. I mean, he's got he's got some of the, you know. Um, I don't talk. I don't like to talk about potential a lot, but he has a lot of potential. But I'm more I, I look at his presence being is more over. It gets overshadowed by his, uh, how big and strong he is. You know, I think he's he's a ball player. He's he's one of those guys that he looks like a prospect, but he also he is a ball player. Uh, will Kyler be in your opening day lineup tomorrow? Um, he 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 could be. I think that he's answer. done everything in our power to start him in center field tomorrow. Um, depends on the matchup of uh, uh, Stevenson and. Uh, 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 him and how he feels tomorrow. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would start him. See what I'll see what uh, Ben Hook and Overcast say about it too. I know they were all in on it starting two days ago. How much has he uh, improved at the plate since a year ago? Ton. I mean, his presence at the plate, his uh, uh, calmness at the plate is. Really good, you know. He's the he's the guy that you you hear it all the time. You just got to throw out there and let him get reps. Throw out there and let him get reps, and not be afraid of. Uh, it, it's a it's about for him. It's about development. I mean, he's he's got he's powerful. He's strong. His his uh, his uh, um, approach at the plate's got so much better. He's slow. He's easy. He's not rushed and quick. Uh, his his athletic, he, you know, one thing that's always been amazing to me about Kyler is he's not afraid of the ball. I mean, good hitters are not afraid of the ball. They stand in there. I remember him getting hit two or three times in the left shoulder and inner squad. He he's not afraid of it. He got hit in the thigh the other day, and uh, he's not afraid of the ball. That's what's 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 pretty special about him. And uh, he's come a long way with his. Uh, uh, Defense. He still has a long way to go defensively, you know, uh, in the outfield. Even though he can run a, he can run a hole in the wind. He he still has a long way to go defensively, just by getting first first step uh, 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 reads and understand that he's he's gotten all, he's gotten a lot better defensively. And, and center fielder is the easier position for him to play than right or left because the angles are already there, and, and he's made some good plays this. Uh, uh, the spring just by yelling, you know, taking the ball over and understanding that 
you know, just going to get one. What are you, uh, what are you thinking for the back end of your bullpen here early? Levi Prater and Connor Berry. Okay. They've Prater been, lefty, they've been Berry kind of, righty. Yeah. They've been kind of the standouts for us to, this uh, past spring and just trying to keep Connor healthy where he can, you know, go day on, day off, day on. And uh, it, it doesn't matter right or left for Connor Berry. I mean, he, he can punch you out either way, either side of the plate. Um, it, that doesn't matter. Um, I think the difference is uh, is giving him a spell with Levi, and then you know Hanson and Madden and and Grove even a little bit in that middle part to to uh, mix with the freshman in case we need one of those long guys. It's going to be huge for us. Um, we got a question on Twitter from Ethan, similar to what TJ uh, uh, had mentioned last segment, and I asked you something similar in our meeting the other day. But uh, Ethan says, can you ask Coach Johnson if he's going to keep the lineup the same or if we're going to see many different lineups throughout the year? What's your well, style? You want, well, I'd want, I'd want to work towards uh, having a, a, um, a one-set lineup, no doubt about that. Uh, but uh, uh, at first we're going to have to see some guys – especially in the environment like Hardman, uh, Cavalli, uh, you know, the line's going to stay the style uh, same with, you know, Bradley Ware's going to be there. You know, Zaragoza is going to be there. You know, uh, uh, Steel Walker's going to be there. And you know, Kate Harris are going to be there. Now, Mix and Matt and, and Menden, Mendenhall is going to be there. Now, the mix and match of the two corners and the catching deal in the in center field, all going to depend on really not how they perform, what the matchups look like. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it it could it, it's not going to be. Uh, and I'm all about playing guys that are confident. I mean, I ain't, I ain't afraid of playing one lineup for 50 games. And when, by the way, Skip is awesome. I cannot wait to get to know him better. Uh, had a chance to meet his wife, get to sit and chat with him during the baseball banquet last uh, two weekends ago now. I think he's going to do incredible things for OU baseball. Uh, usually when it's not Toby on the call, it's Chad McKee. And Chad was filling in for me on my radio show this morning, and I kind of wanted to go a little bit more in depth on this OU baseball team. So uh, Chad sat down with Flinny, Brendan Flynn, who you will hear on the radio broadcast this weekend for Sooner Baseball, and also the Sports Information Director with all the behind-the-scenes stuff for Sooner Baseball getting set for its season opener. Uh, Brendan, anticipation. But uh, this is, I mean, they have bitten off a pretty difficult schedule to start with in the four teams they're going to face out in South Carolina, haven't they? Yeah, well, good morning, Chad. And uh, this this first weekend is going to be tough. I mean, it's just like going into a regional, basically. You got uh, the first three teams they play were all in the tournament last year, Indiana, South Alabama. I'm sorry, just the first two were, but then, of course, Coastal was the 2016 national champion, and they, they were not far off from getting back to try and defend their title last year. And Virginia Tech, uh, they might be one of the bottom teams in the ACC, but they're still an ACC baseball team. And beating a team like that early in the season is going to matter in the long run because you can pick up that win. That's That looks good on your resume. And every time they go out and they beat a, a UNC on a Sunday or can pull off an upset against uh, a Florida State, that's going to go a long way for uh, helping the Sooners resume come uh, postseason time. Brendan, you get to spend as much time as anybody around these players, this coaching staff. So I want to 
want to get your thoughts. Skip Johnson, to me, just from the outside, looking in the comments, uh, the access that we get to him, he seems to seems to be just about the the best guy to lead this program from a personality standpoint. I would think I would think that he's a guy that players gravitate to. But I'm curious, kind of, what your impressions have been so far with uh, Skip Johnson at Oklahoma. Well, you know, he's definitely a, a coach that came in with a plan and I, an idea of how he wanted to run his program. You know, first time getting the opportunity to be a Division One head coach, but. He spent a long time at Texas and working with Augie Garrido and kind of learned the way to to just approach this job and how to be a high-profile head coach and direct a, a strong program. And I think he's uh, beginning to put that plan in place. And having been here last year was a huge advantage for both him and the players. Uh, you know, when, when he was hired, um, there was a conference call between him and the, the team, and he was introduced, and the the players went wild. And I think they were just so excited for him. You know, there there wasn't uh, you know there wasn't that feeling out period. You know, between the the players and and the head coach, and they were able to kind of come in for fall after their summer ball seasons and uh, really hit the ground running, and you know make some changes from how things were were done around here in the past. But uh, all in all, having get Ben here already there's kind of uh they already know what his process was at least from being a pitching coach and now that's just kind of spilled over into every aspect of the program we're three questions in and I haven't asked you about Kyler Murray yet Brendan does, does that that's does that probably make a record for anyone that's done a baseball <laughs> interview in the last month I think it's uh, got to be but it's going to continue to be asked and uh, you know we, we sat down with uh with Coach Johnson and the staff last week, and and asked what's what's different maybe about Kyler. He said his approach is different, his uh, his swing is a little bit different, but his approach mm-hmm. driving the ball to the right side, using his speed to his advantage. What have you seen that maybe is different about Kyler, and and how he's handled the football? And he hasn't had to he doesn't go to football yet because spring football hasn't started. Mm-hmm. So he's been just baseball now for a while. But what's it been like, and and what do you see from Kyler so far this spring? Well, to start, I'll just start with um, off the field. It's a little different. You know, they're just trying to, they're still giving him extra time off here and there whenever they can. Uh, He's got the Mondays off like the rest of the team. And um, just because he is still a two sport athlete, even though football's not in full swing, they didn't want to, you know, get him worn out too soon, too quickly. Uh, But the other factor um, off the field is that, he was on this team last year, so he knows the guys. Last year, he came in in February or in January, and it was, you know, hey, I'm Kyler. I'm here to play baseball. And, you know, the other 34 guys in the locker room were like, yeah, we've been hearing about you, man. We're glad you're here. But, you know, this year, it's like, all right, yeah, we know Kyler. He, he, was, he was in this locker room, this clubhouse. He was on the road trips. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a more natural feel to, to being a part of the team, you know, rather than, you know, it might have taken a couple of weeks last year to really uh, get up to speed with everybody else after missing fall ball. But uh, in terms of what he's done on the field, the biggest thing I notice is his bat speed is way ahead of where it was this time a year ago. You know, when, when he was, you know, in the cages or especially um, going live in, in inner squads last year, you could tell he hadn't, you know, played against live competition since high school. You know, all the tools were there and the knowledge of how to hit, but it was just, you know, he was literally knocking the rust off. And uh, 
this year it's it's not that way. You know, he had all spring last year where he's swinging a bat five or six days a week, and and he went uh, went up to the Cape for about a month and a half over the summer to face even tougher competition than he's probably seeing uh, most days during a college season, and and that's really helped him be ready for February baseball this year. And uh, you heard Chad last week from Skip. The power is starting to show mm-hmm. up in these uh, practices, and I mean he's he's he can pull it for power. Um, I saw him use use the opposite field uh, just for an RBI single the other day. And you know, it used to be you know this time of year you get an opposite field single and think, well, maybe he was just uh, maybe he's just late on a pitch. Uh, but this time it's no, he's trying to use that field. He's he sees a hole and he he tries to drive a ball through it. Brendan Flynn is our guest. He's going to be on the Oklahoma baseball broadcast opening up their season tomorrow. Brendan, uh, I would have to think the the Sooners probably feel pretty good about the starting pitching that that they return. You've got a bunch of different guys when you think of Grove, Irvin, Perez, Tyler, a bunch of different dudes that have started baseball games for Oklahoma. What's uh, what's kind of your perception of what we can look forward to in terms of weekend starters and kind of how the rotation is shaping up for Oklahoma? Well, they bring back all 59 starts from last year, but in no way is Skip Johnson going to let these guys be complacent. They still have to compete for their jobs because he brought in some, some talented freshmen that are going to get a chance to, to get out on the mound and a few in particular that will get a chance to start. But, you know, it's for Oklahoma, it starts at the top of the rotation with bringing Jake Irvin and Devin Perez back. We all knew what Jake was capable of last year in his sophomore year, and he, he went out and performed. And Devin was uh, a guy who was really trying to find a role whether it be bullpen or midweek starter, and then you know he ends up being the Saturday guy, and he was excellent. Um, I think he's perfect in that Saturday role. Either could pitch on Friday; they're both good enough. But Devin's a—he's a strike thrower. He works quickly. He's—he's uh, he's perfect for Saturday, so that he can kind of bridge that gap. You know, you need to go bullpen heavy to ensure that you finish out a game late on a Friday, where you can really play the matchups and lose, use a lot of arms, and then. Devin can go out and easily give you seven the next day to rest the bullpen, and Sunday those guys can can come out and get late outs for you again uh, following whoever the Sunday starter is. I think Kate Cavalli is a freshman. They would like to see emerge in that role. He didn't uh, make the rotation this weekend. I think they're trying to give him a little rest, um, but he did throw well in the preseason. You'll see him at a corner infield position this weekend, possibly third. Uh, I saw him playing first yesterday. And then uh, it's a matter of just finding uh, where to fit in some of these other veteran guys that have been around. Dylan Groves, a guy who's got all the stuff in the world, just needs to be able to throw strikes. Austin Hanson's a tough competitor on the mound. And then the two that uh, did make the rotation this weekend, along with Irvin and Perez, Nathan Wiles will go the second game on, of the weekend, so the first game on Saturday. Um, he's a big right-hander that uh, gave them some quality starts. He was actually better against conference opponents last year than his overall numbers indicate. Uh, he had an ERA under four. He had good starts against Baylor and Texas and, and Kansas last year. And then Sunday will be finished off by Kyle Tyler, who pretty much had the Sunday role most of last year. Uh, they're just trying to get him to be able to extend his outings. He's a guy that can go he can cruise first time through the lineup and second time gets a little bumpier and Third time, you're you're starting to look to the bullpen, um, and he can 
usually give four good, five good innings, but they want to see if he can uh, extend that to six and possibly seven this year. Here's how the schedule looks for OU baseball this weekend. Mother Nature willing. The Sooners will play Indiana later on today at 11 a.m. The Sports Talk Network, that's 1400 a.m. and 99.3 FM, will have play-by-play of that. And then tomorrow at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. So that's South Alabama tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. And then Coastal Carolina, that's a big one, at 2 p.m. And then on Sunday they'll wrap things up at 1 o'clock against Virginia Tech, which, interestingly enough, Virginia uh, Virginia Tech was the last team – that the Sooners beat in the NCAA tournament and uh, should be fun on Sunday. So uh, that's all of our guests. Allow me to give you a quick little note for those of you who have stayed with us through this rather lengthy and busy edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. There has been one piece of equipment that has been necessary for this Sooner softball team on this trip to Las Cruces. I mean, you might go with the obvious bats, balls, gloves, cleats, visors. Nope. Surgical masks. That's right. This team has been hit by the flu bug. Uh, The pitching staff has been hit by the flu bug. The infield has been hit by the flu bug. The outfield has been hit by the flu bug. The coaching staff has been hit by the flu bug. Um, It has been a gutty effort for everyone just to get here and make this trip. So uh, just kind of one of those little side notes to keep an eye on. Uh, I I don't know the exact number. I'm not sitting here counting, but I would say there was at least 12 people uh, who are sporting the surgical masks and just doing everything they can to try to get healthy and be ready for this Oklahoma softball game coming up later on this morning against Ball State. So the Sooners might be challenging and battling more than just Mother Nature this weekend and a pretty good New Mexico State team really fighting through the flu bug. Could be a big weekend for Paige Parker. Keep an eye on Paige. She has had a good week of preparation for this series for Oklahoma. And then I'm real excited about next week. Our gaggle of Gassos returns as JT has confirmed, and we're going to try to get Andrea and one Joseph Champ Gasso to Skype in or maybe somehow FaceTime in with us so we can have them on the show with us next week. Hey, thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to Allstate, the Riverwind Resort. And thank you for downloading, subscribing, and please share the Sooner Sports Podcast. Busy weekend back on the Diamond. Busy weekend on the Hardwood. Until Tuesday, have a great weekend at Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.